church. My name is Tiffany, and I am so excited to share with you this morning. Um, First of all, I want to say a huge thank you to the elders and leadership and staff and team here. Thank you for this honor and privilege um, to share and to share from my heart. A huge thank you to Tim, my husband. Thank you for this opportunity. And, um, you know, I get to see behind the scenes. And um, I just have to say thank you, Tim, for being the same man that stands here every Sunday as you are at home with our kids. I love you, Tim Alicious. (laughs) What up? I got the mic today. So I am so glad to be here. Well, it's Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. Um, I had to do a quick shout out to some of my favorite people who are watching online. First of all, a huge thank you and happy Father's Day to my father-in-law, Dave, as well to my brother, Blake. And then, of course, my dad, Kirk Hansen. I love you. Without you, I would not be here. So thanks for watching online. So happy Father's Day. I don't know if you saw some of the pre-service quotes. How funny were those from some of the people even here in this room? I think Mark Hardison's was so funny. There are a lot of stupid people in this world. Endeavor not to be one of them, right? Well, I'm sure you guys have a lot of dad quotes growing up. Anybody? Anybody with me on that? Like your dad had a thought or wisdom about everything. Anybody? Okay, I'm not alone. Thanks. Um, Well, my dad, he definitely did. If I was having issues or struggling, or something was going on in my life, he would say, you know what, Tiffany? Sometimes you're the dog, and sometimes you're the hydrant. (laughs) Yep. Or in high school, every time I left the house, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Yeah, or, you know, when I was making poor friend choices, and maybe not doing the best that I should, and finding quality people, and surrounding myself with them, he would say, you know what, Tiffany? It's really hard to soar with the eagles when you're surrounded by turkeys. (laughs) And then, of course, the family joke, you can always blame it on the dog. Sorry, Charlie. And then, of course, as a daughter, I don't know if any of you can relate, but if you walk out of this house, your shorts better be longer than your fingers. (laughs) Dads, anybody with me? Anybody have to say that? Right. Well, dads are the best. They're so awesome. So this series on Proverbs has been so incredible. Our theme verse um, is Proverbs 4-7. It says this in the New International Version. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. Though it may cost you all you have, get understanding. So to continue in our Summer at Central series on Proverbs, I'd like to unpack what it means to gain wisdom. How do we live wisely? Merriam-Webster defines wisdom as this. The soundness of an action or decision with regard to the application of experience, knowledge, and good judgment. So today we will be plowing through an acrostic of the word wisdom. My heels are high, my voice is fast, so let's do this. As we answer the question, how do we live wisely? So W, we choose honor. We choose honor. We choose to honor God and honor others. You know, I love that the word honor in various biblical texts can be used as a noun or as a verb. And there's some beautiful synonyms that that paint um, a great picture for us when we're referring to honor. Integrity, honesty, morals, high principles, righteousness, noble-mindedness. Those are some other synonyms that come in place with the word honor. So first, we have to choose to honor God. Matthew 22, 37 says this, Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. 
So in choosing to honor God, we're saying, I love you, God. I want to honor you with all that is within me. Psalms 33, 8 says this, begin to honor God by fear and reverence. This includes fear of displeasing him. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the people of the world revere him. You know, I love Tim's message to kick off the Summer at Central series in Proverbs. It talked about the magnitude and the awesomeness of God. If you haven't listened to it, I recommend you go back and check it out. But it was so good just to talk and, and to think about and process the true, awe-inspiring God that we serve. Let's honor God. You know, when we bring honor to God, we, are li- we align our lives with God's word. 2 Timothy 2.27 says this, Therefore... If anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, he will be a vessel for honorable use, set apart as holy, useful to the master of the house, and ready for every good work. To love and to honor God is to obey his commands. 1 John 5.3 says this, In fact, this is love for God, to keep his commands, and his commands are not burdensome. So I'm going to choose to align my work ethic to God's word, my marriage to God's word, my attitude to God's word, my finances to God's word. As it says in Proverbs 3, 9, honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of your produce. You know, my plans to God's word. Everything we do, we want to align to God's word because that is the type of life that honors God and the type of life that God will honor. In 1 John 4, 21, it says this, and we have this commandment from him. Whoever loves God must love his brother as well. So we choose to honor God and we choose to honor others. Look for the best and speak the best. Yeah, I love that quote. Anybody can, anyone can uh, find the dirt. Be the one who finds the gold. We have to choose to intentionally do what's right to one another. I love what it says in Romans 12.10 in the English Standard Version. It says this, love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. All right, challenge accepted, right? How can we outdo one another in showing honor to each other here and beyond these four walls of this building and this place? Romans 12.10 says this in the New National Version too, be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Choosing honor is filtering out our selfishness. Wisdom's reward for honor. If we sow honor, then we'll reap honor. And then my prayer for us found in Hebrews 13, eight, where it says this, pray for us, for we are sure that we have a clear conscience desiring to act honorably in all things. So we choose to honor God. We choose to honor others. I, we wanna involve others in our journey. So to help me illustrate this point, I thought it fitting to have some dad's help. And they're gonna help me out with a dad joke battle. There it is. We're getting it, there it is. All right, are you ready? Our first dad in this dad joke battle to involve others in our journal is the one and only Anthony Deves. Here's his adorable family. He is the proud father, yes, of a newborn baby, Devin. Let's give it up. He said, he's, give it up for, give it up for anything. His favorite thing about being a dad 
is that he gets to just love his kids and watch them grow. Now, next but not least, let's give it up for the one, the only Pat Regan. Pat Regan. Oh, here's your mic. We'll grab your guys' mic. Pat Regan is the proud father of Cameron and Jeremiah. I might need to borrow a scooter, but it's all good. Check one, check two. So here's how this dad battle works, if you aren't aware of it. Our dad joke battle. Each dad is going to share a joke. Okay? The goal is to make the other dad laugh. So if you laugh, you lose, or you get a point. Okay? Are we ready? Play fair, gentlemen. We'll start with Mr. Pat. What's your joke? What do you got for us? Why did the man get fired from the juice factory? He couldn't concentrate. <laughs> concentrate. See what you did there. All right, Anthony, what do you got? <clears throat> what do you give a sick bird? Tweetment. <laughs> Tweetment. Tweetment. Huh? Okay. That what do you got? How do you cut the ocean in half? A seesaw. Anthony, you guys are tough. You guys are tough. How do you make a Kleenex dance? You put a little boogie in it. <laughs> Pat, man, he's tough. That's tough. Okay. Uh, I see a smirk. What do you I see a smirk. Pat, what do you got? What do you got, Pat? What do you call a lady with one leg up against a wall? <laughs> Eileen. <laughs> I know that one. Don't we all? Sad. What do you call a pig that knows karate? Pork chop! <laughs> hey, let's give it up to our incredible dads, right? I think we had a tie, one to one. <laughs> You guys are awesome. <laughs> Thanks for that. You know, isn't it awesome to laugh with one another? Right? So good. You guys are awesome, such awesome dads. It's great to laugh, and it's great to cry with others. But I think the important thing is that we intentionally involve others in our journey. You know what Scripture says in Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen: As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. You know, it's so easy to cut someone down instead of sharpen them, right? Encouraging them to be their best. You know, in Craig Rochelle, he says, we are only as strong as we are honest. How honest are you with your circle, with your truth tellers, the people that you're inviting into your life to speak life, to encourage you? Do you have an accountability partner, a mentor? Are you mentoring someone else? Is there a way that you can be used and be involved in someone else's journey so that they can be their best selves? Romans 12, 5 says this, So in Christ, though many form one body, each member belongs to all the others. If we looked through the lens of belonging to one another, how different would we treat each other and those around us? Wisdom's reward for involving others in our journey is having accountability to be one's best self, to be fully known, 
and fully loved is the greatest gift one person can give to another. S, small things make a big difference. Be trustworthy. Brad Lomack, um, he was the, he kicked off Catalyst and created that conference. In his book, Be Hungry, Stay Humble, and Always Hustle, you know, Tim and I are, are total nerds, we read a lot, but he says this, he says, habits take an idea and convert it into results. A habit is a practice shaped by behavior or daily action that helps turn ideals into action, principles into practice, and concepts into concrete. Habits allow for someone to actually implement ideas that last into his or her life. So my challenge today, what habits do you have? Mother Teresa says this, if we're faithful in small things, in them lies your strength. What's your strength? Are you doing those small things? Are we intentionally reading our Bible, praying, seeking out others to help sharpen us? And you know, in the parable of the talents in Matthew 25, 14 through 30, the master entrusts his servants each with a certain amount of talents. And then it says this, you've been faithful with a few, now I'll entrust you with true riches. Are you having a return for your investment? You know, Dwight L. Moody says this, there are many of us who are willing to do great things for the Lord, but few of us are willing to do little things. I think it's sometimes those little things that define character, showing up, being faithful. Wherever you are, make yourself valuable. Wherever you are, make that place better. Bloom where you're planted. Wisdom's reward when you are found trustworthy in the small things. People will empower and invest in you. Why? Because you have proven to be trustworthy and trust must be earned. D, don't quit. Be a second miler. Oh, isn't it so like life? We justify our feelings, our abilities, whatever to quit. Like I, I deserve to feel this way. My list is substantial. I can quit. I can do what I want. But I would submit to us, what if God is rewarding us for not quitting, for, for going the extra mile, even when it's uncomfortable or doesn't make sense? He's encouraging us to be a second miler. You know, my dad, he used to always say, quitting is a permanent solution to a temporary problem, right? Or he would say, if it was easy, everybody would be doing it. What are you choosing not to quit today? Be a second miler. You know, in Jesus, our ultimate, role, our ultimate role model said this in Matthew 5, 41. If anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them two miles. Find out what's expected and always give more. You know, John Maxwell, he says, no one stands in line for average. Nobody wants that, right? So one of my favorite love stories in the Bible paints a clear picture of going the second mile. Now, half of you boys just tuned me out because you heard love story. But I'm telling you, tonight, when you go home and you have that pillow talk, you start rubbing your booze back, your bae, your love, your honey, and you start saying, you know what? Thank you for being a second miler, honey. Thank you for folding that laundry. Thank you for taking care of the kids. And you just start, thank you for being that second miler. You're going to have a very happy Father's Day. Just saying. So back to this love story. That paints a beautiful picture of going the second mile. The story is found in Genesis chapter 24. Brooke, I'm going to need some music cues to help me set the mood. So I'll let you know. 
So to set the scene, Abraham is on his deathbed. Now maybe some of you can relate to Abraham, some of you fellas. You wanna leave this earth knowing that your children are taken care of, that, that your daughter has married well, that your son has married well, that their kids and everybody's healthy. So Abraham on his deathbed calls his chief servant to him and says, I need you to swear this oath with me to go and find a wife for Isaac. You've gotta do this for me. You've gotta do this for our family. Um, I, I, I want you to go on a hunt. Right? You feel me? You feel right? All the single ladies. So he's on a hunt for the single ladies and he goes to this far land. He has to find a Canaanite, um, someone from a distant clan. And it, scripture says in Genesis chapter four that an angel of the Lord goes before them and he comes to this well, this servant with his 10 camels. And he throws out this fleece before God, this test as you will, and says, God, I will know that the woman that you have for Isaac, if she comes to this well and she offers me a drink, but not just me, if she offers my camels a drink as well. And that will be a confirmation that this is the woman of God that you have for Isaac. So as he's sitting here at this well with his 10 camels, I envision Rebecca as she approaches a little bit like this. Wonder Woman. That's my girl. That's my girl. Wonder Woman. Gal Gadot. This fierce, amazing, fabulous warrior with gorgeous curly hair approaching the well where she sees the servant sitting there. And she says, of course, to him, how, how can I get you water? And oh, also, I will get water for your camels as well. This stranger, the servant, she does not know um, that's randomly at the well. She goes out of her way to serve him. She goes out of her way to go the extra mile. Now I wanna take a pause and talk about camels. In that thought, I'm sure you're thinking, Tiffany, what do you know about camels? Clearly you're right. I don't know much about camels, but I do know the Google. So I Googled camels and um, it's believed the servant would would have had 10 camels and a thirsty camel will drink 50 gallons of water in under three minutes. Tim and I rode a camel in Israel. It was something. And if this, if she has a five gallon clay jar, Rebecca, which would be huge and heavy, 500 gallons, that's a hundred trips to draw water for these camels, a hundred trips. Now you see why I'm envisioning her a lot like Wonder Woman, because that is a lot of work. So imagine this servant watching her work after casting that fleece before God. God made it abundantly clear that she was the extra miler that he'd been praying for and the perfect match for Isaac. You feel me? You feel me? So he puts a ring on it. The servant puts a ring on it, a nose ring to be more specific. He puts a nose ring on two gold bangles and says, take me back to your family. Now you see, she's good, right? She's good. Takes, takes the servant and his entourage back to her family and says, hey, I wanna take, take Rebecca to marry my master's son, Isaac. Can she go? Long behold, you can read some of the details, but she goes with the servant. So to turn to our Bible, to continue reading. Then Rebecca says this in verse uh, 61, and her maids got ready and mounted their camels, bless her for riding that camel, and went back with the man. So the servant took Rebecca and left. 
Now Isaac had come from Bir Lahai Roy, for he was living in the Negev. He went out to the field one evening to meditate, and as he looked up, he saw camels approaching. Rebekah also looked up and saw Isaac. Swoon, swoon, right? Such a classic meet cue. It's in the Bible, it's so awesome. Classic meet cue. So she proceeds to say to the servant, who is this man in the field coming to meet us? Well, he's my master, the servant answered. So he, she took her veil and covered herself. I'm sure she was taking a pause to go, Ooh, ha, you my boo. Then the servant told Isaac all he had done. And Isaac brought her into the tent of his mother, Sarah, because he had to get mama permission, always a good thing. And he married Rebecca. So she became his wife and he loved her. Oh, right? That's so beautiful. Um, oh, I think it's so awesome because Rebecca was this second miler, right? She had no idea at the time when she is doing, lugging a hundred trips of water to the camels, while she is working so hard to serve the stranger she doesn't know, she had no idea that being this powerful, servant-hearted woman, that she would end up on the pages of history, that people would read about her life for thousands of years to come. Her extra mile attitude resulted in men and women revering her and her legacy, and she's in the lineage of Jesus Christ. Right? Right? That's what you are. Unforgettable. Unforgettable. Oh, so she's this unforgettable woman that was used because she went above and beyond. She was a second miler. You know, and some of you can relate to me and have our list of excuses. Today, I encourage you, don't quit. Don't quit on that marriage, that child, or that, that person. Don't quit on whatever you're facing, your job, whatever is looking you in the face today and it's easier to quit. Say, no, I'm gonna go the second, I'm gonna go the extra mile, the second mile. I'm gonna go above and beyond. And you can do it with God's help. Wisdom's reward for people who always do more than is expected is opportunities will seek you out when you start seeking out opportunities to do more than is expected. Oh, opportunity for growth with instruction and discipline. Wisdom is understanding. There are seasons when I need to receive instruction and discipline and seasons when I need to give or, or apply instruction and discipline. In Proverbs, you repeatedly hear the words in the instructions. Listen, my son, do not forsake your mother's teaching. Listen to my, my commands. Obey what I'm teaching you. How are we looking for ways to grow? What if God is speaking into our lives and saying, listen, come close. I have something to tell you. Or he's placing people in your path that are saying, let me help you out with this. I wanna be your truth teller. How sad is it to not lean in and listen and miss an opportunity for growth to be the best version of ourselves? In closing, how do we live wisely? We choose honor. We involve others in our journey. Small things matter. Be trustworthy. Don't quit. Be a second miler. Acknowledge opportunities for growth with instruction and discipline. And lastly today, make it count 
love, faithfulness, and favor. Proverbs 3, 3 through 4 in the NIV says this, let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck, write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. I have a picture of some of the dudes in my life. There's my, there's my boys. You'll notice my granddad, he's there. He passed away last January, 10 days before he turned 95. He was radically saved at a Billy Graham crusade that transformationally changed the trajectory of my family legacy. And uh, last January, when we were at his funeral, we were in the receiving line and Tim and I were at the end and we were getting ready to transition into the service. So we'd kind of moved and this young guy approaches us, tell he's emotional and uncomfortable and he had short sleeves on, tats all up and down his arms, his neck, big gauges in his ears. My first thought was, this doesn't look like my granddad's normal, normal crowd. But he came to us and he started crying and he said, he said, you don't know me. You don't know me. I, I uh, live next to your granddad. I'm his neighbor. And uh, I had to come here today because I wanted you to know that he was a good man. He was a good man. He used to come over and help me with my Harley and just listen. He would let me talk. He just, he just listened. He used to just mow my lawn. This 90-year-old man would help me with my lawn. I've had a drinking problem for a while. In the past couple years, Edward encouraged me to get it under control. I've had marriage issues. And he really helped me. He wanted me to go to church. He was a good man and a loving man. I don't think I've ever known someone like him. It was such a beautiful and inspiring moment for me. I want to be like that. I want to make it count that I'm known by love and faithfulness. Because all of us one day will ultimately meet our maker. And as it says in Matthew 25, 21, I hope we hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. Let's choose to live wisely, to live with wisdom and make it count. Make every moment count. Let's pray. God, I thank you for my friends here. I thank you for the privilege I have to know them. God, we thank you for changing our hearts and making us better. Help us to be faithful and and loving and kind. Help us to live wisely, Lord. We love you, God, and we worship you today in this place. In your precious name we pray, amen.